Good morning, City Light Vegas. What a privilege it is to be once again joining with you today. If you're watching online, I love your church. It's an honor to be invited once again to speak and share a message that's in my heart. Pastors Jabin and Shannon are two of my greatest friends, and I just cherish them. And what a move of God that is being worked in your church right now. I mean, the things that are happening in such a short time period, this isn't a 40 year church, but what God is doing through your pastors in Las Vegas with all the, the growth and the baptisms and the salvations, I mean, it's really incredible. And I just want to remind you and encourage you to keep praying for your pastors, to keep coming to church when you can, to keep celebrating and giving and serving because God is up to something in City Light Vegas. Hey, let's pray before we get into the word. Father, we honor you, we glorify you, we thank you for who you are and what you do. Lord, as we enter into this message today, I pray that you're gonna give every person listening to my words today, eyes to see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand your truth. Father, use my thoughts, my words, and my actions to teach your uncompromising truth, Lord. And let every person leave this message better, smarter, encouraged, challenged if need be, restored, convicted, but let us leave here better than when we started church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title today is, is Believing Big. If you have your Bible, check out uh, Isaiah 54, verse two. Let me read it to you. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cord and strengthen your stakes. I love that scripture. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out. Do not spare. Strengthen. Listen to, the, listen to these words. Lengthen. Enlarge. Do not spare. We serve a big God. Do you believe that this morning? We serve a big God who has designed big plans for all of us. God does not want or expect you to live a small, mediocre, disappointed life. In fact, the word says that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever ask, dream, desire, or imagine. So what are you asking? What are you thinking about? What are you believing for? God wants you to live a big life. That word enlarge means to broaden your view. You know, sometimes we need to look beyond where we are today. I'm just thinking about a conversation Pastor Jabin and I had about a year and a half ago where he was already dreaming the building that you all are planning to start building now. But imagine if he never enlarged his view, right? Sometimes we've got to look beyond where we are right now and look into the possibilities of what God can do for our future. Now, the scripture said, enlarge the place of your tent, let them stretch out the curtains of their dwelling and do not spare. That phrase, do not spare, means do not forfeit the right. Now, this is important. I don't want to be the person that causes myself 
not to live the life God has planned for me, right? What is forfeiting? Forfeiting is I show up and then I quit before the game starts. I forfeit. I don't even try. I don't even bother. I just forfeit. I quit and you win. I don't know how you think about this, but I want all of what God has for me. Can I get a good amen this morning? Hey, maybe you're at work. Maybe you're sitting at home. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're watching this on YouTube a couple days later. But think about this for a second. I don't want to be my own worst enemy to God fulfilling his plans for my life. If God said he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above anything I can ever ask, dream, or desire, he has a big life for me. Well, I don't want to be the variable that causes those amazing things not to happen. I don't want to forfeit the right. I don't want to be my own worst enemy. I want to get my life in line with God's plan so that I can enlarge the place of my, my, my dwelling. I can stretch out and I can live the life God wants us to live. You cannot read the word of God and understand what Jesus did for us on the cross without coming to any other conclusion than this. And that is that God wants you to live a good life. He wants you to live the abundant life and he wants you to live a big life. In fact, Jesus tells us in John 15, verse eight, that he wants us to bear much fruit. Not a little bit. We are here to bear fruit and we are here to bear a lot of fruit. Now, you need to understand something. It doesn't just happen. Did you hear what I said? It doesn't just happen. You don't just say, okay, God wants me to live a big life and poof, there's your big life. Now, I know that a lot of times in, in our modern day society, we want that instant gratification, don't we? We want to say, I believe, and then immediately I have the results. But that's not the way God works. That's not the way the kingdom of heaven works. God is a process God. And we need to all understand that the, to live a big life, there is a process for which God leads us to that life. In fact, everything about God was a process. Think about the creation. God could have created everything in one word. He could have thought what he wanted. He could have said it and it would have all been there. But he took six days and along those days, he would create and then he would celebrate the process, right? Day one, he created. And then he said, it is good. He celebrated the process. Day two, he created a little more. And what did he say at the end of the day? It is good. He celebrated the process. Too often, we as Christians, we don't want to trust God's process. We want to pray one prayer and then all the answers are given to us. We want to obey one time and then everything's fixed. We expect to go live our own lives, and I hope this isn't too blunt for you this morning, okay? But just stick with me for a second. We want to go do things our way for 10 years. We show up to church one time, and then we want it all fixed because we came to church one time. 
But the truth is that the mess that we created for 10 years might take a little while to get cleaned up. We might need to sow some new seed, water it, let the sun hit it, let God work his grace and favor on our lives to turn those things around to get us to a new place where he wants us to go. And we need to be willing, like God did, to celebrate the process. But too often, we're not willing to do that. We quit during the process. We give up during the process. We be allowed doubt and insecurities to come into our life during the process. But we need to understand that the process needs to be celebrated. Too often, we only want to celebrate the ending because we want that gratification, but we're not willing to celebrate the process. Jesus said, be faithful over little, I'll make you ruler over much. We all just want the much without being faithful over the little. And so often much is simply a compilation of a, a lot of littles added together, but we're not willing to be faithful over the little. Come on, hear me now. You've got to be faithful over the little and allow God to work what he wants to work in the little to get you to the much. Amen? But we can't, we have to stop equating God to what the world says. The world wants instant gratification. God takes us through the process of leading us to where we want to go. So we all want to live a big life. We all want to see what God has planned for us. We all want to have an amazing marriage. We want the great business. We, we, we want a wonderful household. We want to raise kids that love Jesus. But if we're going to do it, if we're going to see that, we've got to do it God's way. So what is God's way of living a great life? Proverbs 23, verse seven, it says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Here's the reality. You will live the life that you believe and you will believe what you think. So if you're going to live a big life, if you're going to believe big, you're going to have to start thinking big. You're going to have to start thinking beyond where you are today. You're going to have to overcome your insecure thoughts, your dots of, of doubt. You're going to have to overcome the there's no way thoughts. You know, the I have an idea and then your insecurity tells you, oh, there's no way I could do that. Oh, there's no way my marriage could get better. There's no way I could get the promotion. There's no way God could love me. There's no way he would forgive me for what I did. There's no way we could accomplish that. No, 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 you don't understand where I've been. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand my situation. Well, I may not understand your situation, but I do understand the God I serve. And I do understand that if God said you can do something, then you can do it. If God said he can open a door for you, then he'll open the door for you. I don't need to understand your situation because I understand God. And God is greater than whatever situation you may be facing. God is greater than whatever insecurity you, you, you have in your life from high school or college or from when you were a young adult. God is greater than whatever you may be dealing with at work or in your career. If God said he can do it, then he can do it. And it's my responsibility to align my thinking and my believing with what God says about my life. Can I get a good amen this morning? Come on, talk to me. The challenge is to think the thoughts of God so that the thoughts of God can overcome our natural thoughts. 
We all have those thoughts. We all have insecurities. We all have doubts. We all have worries. We all have the impossible thoughts. But we've got to allow our thinking to align with God's thinking so that if we think the way God wants us to think, guess what? Then we can believe how God wants us to believe. And if we believe how God wants us to believe, we will then live the way God wants us to live. Listen to that. So you think, you believe, you live. For as a man thinks in his heart, your heart is your convictions. It's your believing. So is he. I wrote this down. The steady flow of thinking is a thick filter between your thoughts and your believing, your, your thoughts and your life. So what are you thinking? What is your predominant thought? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about your thoughts? What are you thinking about? Because your thinking will determine your believing. Your believing will determine your life. Now watch this. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, when you study this scripture, you will read it the way it's put in in the New King James text. The word him has a lower case. But when you study it out, you recognize that him is talking about Jesus. So if you read it right, it says, if you can believe, all things are possible to Jesus who believes. Now we understand that that is referencing Jesus as our high priest. Jesus as our chief mediator. Jesus, whose name has been exalted over every other name, that every principality and power must bow at the sound of the name of Jesus. Jesus has the keys to the kingdom. Jesus has the authority. So we understand that all things are not possible to us. All things that pertain unto life and godliness are though possible to Jesus. And this scripture says, if you can believe. So what is our responsibility in this transaction? Our responsibility is to choose to believe. Now, the great thing is that's where it ends for us. Isn't that amazing? We choose to believe in Jesus. Jesus then watches over his word to perform it in our lives. So Jesus' word says that he will heal you. I choose to believe that he is my healer and he brings healing into my life. I choose to believe that he is my provider and he provides in my life. I choose to believe that I am forgiven and he removes the shame, the regret, the guilt of my past off of my life so that I can live in freedom. It is my job to believe if you can believe. So let me ask you a question today. Can you believe? Can you believe? And here's the beauty about believing. Believing is a choice. You choose what you will believe. Now, you might be thinking like, what are you talking about, Jared? It's as simple as anything. You choose what you believe, right? We read something online and we choose to believe it or not. We watch something on the news and someone gives their opinion. We choose to believe it or we choose not to believe it. 
Believing is as simple as a choice. You choose to believe. So can you believe that with God on your side, you have victory? Can you believe that you are the head and not the tail? Can you believe that you are above and not beneath? Can you believe that you are a blood-bought child of the Most High God? Can you believe that He is your Savior, your Deliverer, your Redeemer? Can you believe that He is your healer? Can you believe that He is your provider? Can you believe that He is your ever-present help in your time of need? Can you believe that He is your wisdom, your counselor? Can you believe that He's your friend? Can you believe that He will open doors no man can shut and close doors no man can open. Can you believe that he's the God of new things and he wants to do new things in your life? New opportunities, new ideas, new dreams, new jobs, new promotions, new friends, new relationships. Can you believe that he is the God of the impossible? To you, it may be impossible, but God is greater than your impossibilities. No, you may not understand it. No, you may not know how he's gonna do it but you don't need to understand it and you don't need to know how. What God said is, can you believe? So City Light, I ask you today, can you believe? Because if you can believe, then all things are possible to Jesus Christ, who is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, petitioning on your behalf. Matthew 19, verse 26 says, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. See, we choose to believe and he turns the impossible to possible. He turns the no's into yes. He tur turns the brokenness into restoration. He turns the lost into being found. He turns the blind into being seen. He turns the bound into freedom. What is our job here? If we can believe. So can you believe that God wants you to live a big life? Can you believe that he wants you to enlarge the place of your tent? Can you believe that Jesus wants you to live the abundant life of joy, peace, happiness, hope, and faith? Because if you can believe, then Jesus will provide. Isn't that good? Isn't that amazing? You know what? Why don't you just at home right now, just say, thank you, Jesus. Just say, thank you, Jesus. And now say this out loud. Come on, say it out loud. Say, I choose to believe. I choose to believe. I know your thoughts might be running wild right now. You'll get your thoughts under control. But if you can choose to believe, then God will provide. Let me show you this in action. If you have your Bible, Turn with me now to Genesis chapter 15. It's one of the, the, the great stories in the Bible. Now, this is an interaction that takes place between God and a man named Abraham. Now, many of you know Abraham's history. Abraham, at this point in his life, is an older man. His wife, Sarah, is older as well. They have no children. They desire to have children, but they have no children. Abraham's frustrated by it. Before this, three chapters before, God has made a covenant with Abraham. He says in Genesis chapter 12, you can go read it for yourself. He says, Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. 
But Abraham's old. He's asking himself, how am I supposed to lead a nation when I don't even have a son? I, my wife is barren. We can't have children. We're old now. What is going on? How am I going to see this take place? How many of you can agree with me that Abraham was looking at an impossibility? This was impossible. The time for him to have children had passed. In fact, it had passed for decades. But God intervenes. Watch this. Verse 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Don't you ever forget that God is your exceedingly great reward. It says, But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body will be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so too shall your descendants be. Now, let's put ourselves in Abraham's position. He is very honest with God. He tells God, you don't want me to be afraid, but look, you've made me this promise and I've got nothing. Don't you love Abraham's, Abraham's transparency here? I love it. Did you know that you can be transparent with God? Jesus said, ask of anything and I will respond. He tells us in Hebrews 4, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. So Abram tells God, God, <laughs> I don't understand this. I don't like this. And I don't see what you're trying to tell me. This isn't working. Clearly, this is Jared's translation, but that's where I, that's, that's what I, the conclusion I come to in reading this. God's response to Abraham is go outside and count the stars. And as many of the stars that you can count, which by the way, you cannot do. So that is an impossibility as well. You cannot count the stars. But he says, go count the stars and as many as you can count, so too your descendants will be. And watch what it says in, in, in verse six, in verse seven, in, yeah, in verse six, it says, and he believed in the Lord and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. So God gave him a promise and long before his wife became pregnant, long before his son that we know his name would be Isaac was born, what did Abraham do? He chose to believe. Nothing had changed yet. He had not seen God move. His wife did not suddenly walk in and have a child in her belly. Now it would happen, but it would happen later. 
All God said was, this is my promise and I'm going to do it. And in the moment, Abraham chose to believe. Nothing had changed. But Abram had a choice to make. And the choice that we all have to make on a daily basis is this. Am I going to believe what God says about my life? Or am I going to believe what the world says about my life? Am I going to put my trust in God? Or am I going to put my trust in my own insecurities, doubts, and failures? Am I going to believe that God is doing great things for my future? Or am I going to believe in the regrets of my past? Am I going to believe that I am what God says I am? Or am I going to believe what my insecurities tell me? We all have a choice to make. Pastor Jabin and Shannon will be will be sharing with you what God says about your life every Sunday at team nights. They'll be pouring the word of God into your life. And every week we will decide as a congregation if we will believe. We believe. We choose to believe and then God does what only God can do. And listen to me, that is one of the great challenges in Christianity is to simply choose to believe what we cannot see. Why do I say that? Because if you flip to verse 13 or verse 12, it says, Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. In verse 4 and 5, God told Abram to go count the stars it says he chose to believe, but then in verse 12, we see that later the sun goes down. So God told Abram to go count the stars and it wasn't even nighttime. So he's telling him to go count the stars in the morning. You can't count the stars in the morning and even at night, you can't count the stars anyway because there's too many to number. But Abram chose to believe what only God could see for his own future. And the question today is, can you choose to believe what God can see for your life? See, God sees a healed life. God sees a restored life. God sees an amazing marriage. God sees your kids growing up to honor and serve the Lord. God sees your business growing and flourishing and multiplying. God sees you giving to help build this church and him bringing increase into your own life. God sees amazing things happening in your future. God sees you being freed from depression. God sees the craving for alcohol being lifted out of your body and you being free from addiction. God sees your body being healed. God sees you moving forward and out of your past. God sees anxiety be being taken out of your mind. But can you choose today to simply believe what only God can see? 
Because if you can choose to believe what God can see, then you will start seeing what only God can do. I mean, think about this right now. Someone saw your potential in life. Someone believed in you enough. Someone thought enough of you to invite you to church. Now let's think about the new building that we're going to move into here sometime in the next 18 to 24 months. Think about that. Think about the people that are going to come to that church. Think about how remarkable it's going to be. I mean, we're about to break ground, right? And I want you to think that there are people in your lives right now that do not serve God. They do not know God. But when that building opens, they're going to come to know God. Think about the families that are going to come into that new place because we're making room for them. Think about the single mom that's going to walk in one Sunday because one of you invites her. And right now, it is impossible that she would serve God. It's, there's no way. She, she, but think about, because we're making room for her, she's going to come in and maybe she's just feeling lost and broken and hurting. And she feels like it's hopeless, but then she's going to hear that there's a God that loves her. There's a God that, that cares for her. She's going to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she's going to give her life to Christ and find hope in Jesus. Think about the people that are going to come to the recovery programs and the connect groups. And they're going to find Jesus. Think about the people that don't know each other right now that are going to meet it's City Light Vegas in that new building. They're going to fall in love. They're going to get married in that building and raise their kids. And the entire family is going to honor and serve God. Maybe you're thinking it was impossible, but guess what? There's people at City Light right now that five years ago would have said it is impossible. I am not serving God. I am not honoring God. I am not going to do that. But someone said they think it's impossible, but with God, Nothing is impossible. And here you are now, serving God, honoring God, loving God, and God is doing amazing things in your life. Watch this. couple more things. Romans 4, verse 17 through 18, it says in the message translation, it says, we call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that amazing? Even when you're a nobody, God can make you a somebody. Isn't, isn't that what we've always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, to raise the dead to life with a word makes something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, pay attention to this, Abraham believed anyway, deciding, not to, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of multiple multitudes of people. God himself said to him, you're going to have, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. I love these words. Let, Let's read them again. He dared to trust God to do what only God could do. 
when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on what he saw, but on what God said he would do. Think about this. Believing is not seeing. If you can already see something, you don't need to believe it. That's not believing, that's verifying. Believing is, I choose to believe even when I can't see it. Can you believe that God is the God of the impossible? Whatever you do, let me say this to you, church. Whatever you do, don't stop believing that God is faithful over his word to perform it. Whatever you do, don't stop believing that God is the God of the impossible. Don't stop believing, don't stop praying, don't stop trusting, don't stop serving, don't stop asking, don't stop forgiving, don't stop coming to church, don't stop giving your tithe, don't stop serving, don't stop reading your Bible. Whatever you do, whatever happens in your life, do not ever let the enemy get you to believe opposite of what God says about your life. Remember what I told you at the beginning, do not forfeit. You don't wanna be your own worst enemy. Don't be the reason that God's plan doesn't get fulfilled in your life. And what is your responsibility in it? To believe. If you can believe, then all things are possible to Jesus who believes on your behalf. Let me just remind you that no matter what you face, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Let me just remind you that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Let me remind you, you are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Let me remind you that with God on your side, you will have the victory. God is for you, he is not against you, and if you can believe in him, then all things are possible to him who believes. Was that good today? Hey, let me just talk to you for a couple moments about one more thing. Maybe you're watching online today and you don't have a relationship with God. First of all, thank you so much for connecting with us today. What a miracle that you are here. I want you to know that there's an army of people who have prayed for you and that love you, but most importantly, God loves you. He cherishes you. He values you at the highest level and he wants nothing more than to have a relationship with you. And it's a relationship he created solely for your benefit. Now that benefit comes on two levels. The first and by far the most important level is the eternal one. What do I mean by that? When you establish a relationship with God, what you are doing is opening up your heart and inviting Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says upon doing so that your sins are forgiven, your past is washed away, you are placed in God's family, and it says when your time on earth is up that you will go to heaven. Now, I truly believe that that's enough. Eternity in heaven is enough for all of us to honor God and to worship God all the days of our lives. But the beauty about the God we serve is that we don't serve the God of enough. We serve the God of more than enough. And, and God didn't stop with eternity. He cares also about your everyday life. I've talked to you about it today. He wants you to enjoy the abundant life. So think about how amazing God is. God wants to have a relationship with you where while you're here, he's empowering you to live your best life and you can live your best life knowing that no matter what happens, you're going to heaven. 
and that is worth everything. And I want to give you an opportunity, if you have never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, to do so right here, right now. I'm going to lead you through what we call the prayer of salvation. The Bible says that if any person would believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord and confess them out of their mouth that he is their Savior, that they will be saved. Have you never made Jesus Lord of your life? Then I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Or maybe you're watching today and at some point you had a relationship with God, but for whatever reason you've disconnected, you've, you've turned away, you've run away from God. Let me tell you this, the reason doesn't matter. The only thing that matters today is that you have the opportunity to come back to God. So if I've connected with you on any level regarding your relationship with God, and you would say to me, Jared, I, I want to pray this prayer. Jared, I want to go to heaven. I, I want my sins forgiven. Jared, I, I, I want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of my life. Or you would say to me, Jared, I just need to come back to God. I want to pray this prayer. Would you repeat after me at home? Just say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I give you my life. I give you my heart and my soul. And I make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Put my past behind me. Take me to the life you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with us this morning, I want to be the first to welcome you into the family of God. You are a child of God. Jesus is now in your life as your Lord and your Savior. Your sins are forgiven and you're going to heaven. I know at City Light we have next steps and I encourage you to get connected to the church. Come to church when possible but get connected if you can. Reach out to the team. I know we have a, 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 some great Next Steps material that we'll send you. If you can't come to church, get a Bible and stay connected. God bless you. It's great to be with you today. Amen.